Minato Namikaze was, and still is, considered one of the greatest Hokage of all time, and perhaps the most popular character in the series. The Naruto P99 poll has declared him the winner, making him the most popular character in Naruto currently, even if most people voted for him merely to see more of him in the spin-off manga that Kishimoto has promised. So in honor of this, we've decided to dive into this possibility again by seeing what would have changed if Naruto could have been trained by Minato, if Minato had still been alive during the course of the series. Strap on your forehead protectors and grab your kunai. We're going to witness the return of the Leaf's yellow flash. Welcome to the Amagi! Before we begin, we publish a new video every day, so be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our latest videos. Also, we just released some brand new merch. If you'd like to show your support for the channel even further while at the same time repping stylish clothing, be sure to check that out as well. The store is linked below. YouTube's been unsubscribing users from channels lately, so if you're a fan of us, please do us a favor and double check to see if you're still subscribed. It only takes a second and it helps us a ton here at Amagi. And with that out of the way, let's get into the video. The air was cold. The wind was blowing. The night had gone from tumultuous to an eerie calm in a matter of moments. Or was it hours? Time had ceased to hold any meaning for Minato Namikaze. All he knew was that the cold touch of Kushina's cheek against his arm was like liquid nitrogen to his soul, freezing it over in a solid block of ice. There was a ringing sound in his ears. The tailed beast bomb from earlier, as well as his own mental state, had seemed to leave him partly deaf. He saw Shinobi rushing in, Hiruzen rushing in. The former Hokage stopped before him, kneeling down to his level, grabbing his shoulders. Minato! Minato! He called out, as if there was nothing more than static over the radio. Hard to hear, harder to understand. Hiruzen shook him. Minato! The glazed eyes of the fourth Hokage blinked once and then looked to the man he had succeeded. Are you okay? Hiruzen called out. The answer was a blunt and resounding no. Physically, he was okay, but mentally, spiritually, he felt like a ghost, a shadow of himself left behind. The village was saved, but his entire world had come crashing down at once. For him, it was as if he were living in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a wasteland covered in flowers and fresh water, none of which held the same meaning that they used to. He tried to think back on the events that led him to this moment. What was it that had brought this on? Why was he where he was now? It was as if he were having some form of selective amnesia, likely caused by whatever traumatic event left the lifeless body of Kushina in his arms. The only way to recover was to relive what had happened to him and reach some sort of closure. Closing his eyes, he began to remember. He was in an old stronghold, protected by Anbu. Various nurses and even Biwako Sarutobi, Hiruzen's wife, was there. Kushina's water had broken. Minato was about to call it a night at the office when word came that Kushina was going into labor. He would rush to his home where Hiruzen had already sent armed guards. They loaded her up into a palanquin. Traditionally, every Hokage possessed one, but they were rarely used as the term Hokage was more akin to a verb than a noun. However, this was one of those rare occasions that they came in handy. They began to make their way to the stronghold under cover of night. Upon reaching the location they were headed for, they helped her out and led her deeper into the stronghold. It was like a maze. There were secret rooms and dead ends everywhere, and beyond this, there were traps. Most were not active currently. That's why this was the perfect place for her to give birth. It was a way from the village to minimize risk should the beast escape, and the tangled web of corridors and passages was enough to confuse and possibly kill any insurgents who would do her harm. Minato could think of no safer location for his wife to bring new life into the world, their precious child. Bringing her into the room where she would give birth, they prepared her for labor. They laid her down on a flat stone slab. It was cold and comfortable. Minato, by this time, was already a nervous wreck. 
a warrior in the battlefield, and a shinobi without peer, and his face was already devoid of all color. He began to make use of his excess gear though. Folding the flak jacket he wore, he wrapped it in the Hokage Haori, the symbols depicting the number 4 clearly visible. Suddenly, he felt panic well up in his solar plexus, radiating out across his entire body, shaking at the kanji. The word for the number 4 was also shared with the word for death. For so many, it was an omen, and so many people attempted to avoid the number 4. Minato was not one of those people. To him, a number was just a number. But at the same time, today, he didn't want to take any chances. He unfolded the Haori and turned it inside out, refolding it over as Biwako prodded him to get a move on. She was going to have a baby any moment here and he was just standing around. He was surprised to hear how quickly she was going. She's already starting to give birth. Hurry, Minato, tend to that seal. He stuttered for a moment and then replied to her using honorifics, forgetting that he was the highest ranking member in the room. No, maybe he wasn't the highest ranking member in the room and he subconsciously knew that, which is why he'd referred to Biwako as Sir. He came to Kushina's side, lifted her head, and wedged the makeshift pillow between it and the stone below. She took his head and looked into his eyes as he gazed back, a smile on his face. She smiled weakly as the pain was already tiring her out. Let's do it, Minato. He nodded. He came down to her midsection and lifted her shirt, exposing her stomach as it was enlarged by the pregnancy, the seal in the very center of it already beginning to move, as if it were a false tattoo that was beginning to run with heat and sweat. It was attempting to open. He clasped his hands together and placed them over the seal. He was suddenly hit with intense hatred, as if the Ninetales were a demon attempting to possess him. He was startled for a moment. He knew the Ninetales was in his wife, and he knew that he'd felt his presence before, particularly every time she grew angry, but he'd never felt it this strongly before. Was this what she'd always felt? Such a horrible feeling. Pure malice and hatred. The way she carried herself made him believe she was immune to it, but right now, as the burden was shifted to him, he began to wonder if he could truly handle this. He shook his head and slapped his cheeks and took a deep breath. He widened his stance a little and placed his hands back on the seal. He began to pour chakra in and more fuinjutsu formula. In order to maintain concentration, he began counting down from 1,000 in increments of 7 to keep his mind sharp. This would help him focus on the task at hand and lessen the mental load that Kushina's crying and Biwako's barking would place on his mind. Within his mind, he imagined the Ninetales, as large as it was. A massive monolith. With each spell he wove, a new chain was added. Eventually, one final push pressed a massive stake right through the fox's abdomen in the same position that Kushina's seal had been placed. The stomach was known as the Sea of Chi to many, and it was where life force and chakra gathered the most and radiated out from like a furnace's flame. But limiting this furnace, he could slowly smother the Ninetales' strength before it had the chance. With one last push of his chakra, he cinched it. The Ninetales wouldn't be going anywhere now so long as he held it there. He smiled, knowing that he managed to successfully hold it at bay. Now all he had to do was hold this seal until Kushina could pick the responsibility back up. To a point, he wanted to hold this seal forever, knowing what she had to feel to hold it all in. He did not want her to feel this feeling, especially after she had just given birth. But as the child had been birthed, she sighed and looked to him. Her eyes said without words, you can stop now. He removed his hands from her stomach and turned around to see Biwako carrying his child. He stepped forward, arms out. Naruto. Biwako pulled the infant back in a defensive way. Don't touch him. The mother sees him first. Startled, then disappointed, Minato just got out of the way and watched her walk away with his child. Part of him wanted to strangle her, and another part respected the fact that she cared more for Kushina, who had obviously been carrying the bigger workload of the two for the past nine months. So he relented. The child was presented to his mother. She hugged up against him. Eventually, Minato wormed his way past Obasan and made it to their side, where he was able to finally see his baby boy for the first time. 
His happiness was immense, but it was this one moment. It was the only time he had ever done it since becoming Hokage. He let his guard down just once, just for a moment, and it had cost him everything. A masked man and a dark cowl had stolen from them everything. First his child, then in exchange for the baby, he took the wife. An impossible choice. One he couldn't make without reflexes. Taking the child, Hokage Minato finally woke up again. Everyone in the room save him and the child had been killed, Kushina taken. Minato was terrified, but another part of him burned with holy rage. Utilizing flying Raijin to teleport to his and Kushina's home over the mountains, he laid the babe down on a bed that he had hoped that all three of them would share that night. The child was sputtering and sniffing. He hated to leave him alone, but there were other things to take care of. But he would not leave his child without comfort. Even if the babe could not understand, he would say it anyway. A solemn vow to bring his mother back. He turned around and put his flak jacket on. He witnessed the marked kunai on the wall. He had left it there, not just for ease of travel, but as a reminder to his wife, to Kushina, that he would always come home no matter what. Now he was home, but he was without her. In the distance, he heard the roar of the Ninetales. The village was in trouble. With a simple movement, his haori was on, and the husband and father he once was had been replaced with the strongest shinobi the village had produced to that point. And if that was bluster, then call him a liar. But for that one night, for his son, his wife, his village, he would make it true. He stepped out into the night and raced to his wife's side. In the darkness, Kushina was chained to stone. She lay there, the seal on her stomach laid open, black ink-like fluid dripping from it. It was like some twisted inversion to what he had done to Kurama, and the look on her face, the look of pain, fear, and sorrow hit him like a cement truck. He freed her. It seems whoever the adversary was, he no longer needed her. Minato would take his wife back to their home, where he would lay her in the bed beside her newborn. He had fulfilled his promise, but now he needed a new promise to fulfill. The promise to save the village and Kushina. Those two promises were one, and the stakes had been raised considerably. So too must Minato's resolve. Once more, he dashed out. His adversary had the tailed beast under a contract, a genjutsu of sorts. Coming to this adversary, he pulled a kunai ready for battle. He witnessed around his arms chains like those used to restrict Kushina's movement. He was full of rage. He wanted to murder this man. He wanted to erase him from the world of the living. Even hell was too good for him. He needed to cease entirely as if he never existed at all. Before he ran with that though, Minato took a deep breath. He had to think carefully. He witnessed the Sharingan under the mask. He knew that if this man were anything like Madara, he could control the Ninetales with that. He needed to wrest control away from him. However, he couldn't be in two places at once. He just needed to trust that Hiruzen could hold the Ninetales until he could stop this guy. The man spoke. Now that I've freed the Ninetales, your people have no hope left. They rushed at each other. Minato attempted to stab through the man, but he found himself suddenly passing through him, the man having turned intangible. Passing through, he found himself caught in the chain. The masked man pulled his arms together, hoping to sever Minato in two with the chain he was now tangled in. However, Minato used the flying Raijinjutsu to escape. Using his powers of deduction, he knew that this man would turn intangible for only a moment, as he needed to strike him. He knew that the contract he had with the Ninetales couldn't last long, meaning that this guy wanted to end the battle as quickly as he could. He would ensure that this was the last strike of the battle. Minato rushed back again, throwing a kunai at his enemy. The kunai would pass clean through his head as Minato readied his Rasengan. Right at the last moment though, Minato would disappear, floating right above the man using his flying Raijin technique, slamming him to the ground with it, planting a marker on him. The man would disappear, cursing himself for falling for it. He watched Minato, his shoulder falling apart at a cellular level from the intense impact Minato's Rasengan had on him. You got me. This is what is meant by elusive. I should have never let my guard down. The moment he said that, a kunai was in his gut. 
this was the moment when Minato could utilize all of his rage. No pity existed in Minato's eyes, only steely determination, a gaze that said, You just died, pal. He would then plant a contract seal on him to sever his connection to Kurama. With this, the Ninetales no longer belongs to you, he shouted. The man would manage to escape through the use of a strange space-time jutsu technique. Minato wanted to follow after and kill him, but he had no time. He needed to get to the village. Arriving there, he found the Ninetales as it charged its attack and ready to destroy the village with a tailed beast bomb. He caught a quick glimpse of Hirazin and grabbed onto Kurama, teleporting back to whence he came, to his family's home. There, Kushina and he faced the Ninetales. Kushina begged him to seal it back into her and drag it to the grave with her, but he refused. He would not do that. The imbalance between world powers would start the Fourth Shinobi World War. Instead, he decided to seal it into the only one who would survive this battle, Naruto. He began to weave the signs. However, before he could, Kushina knocked him on his rear with a devastating punch. Minato had never felt anyone punch him that hard and that fast, but she did. Kushina refused. If I'm going to die anyway, and you're hellbent on doing this to our child, then I'll just use the Reaper. After all, who do you think taught you how to do it? She weaved the hand signs faster than Minato could ever hope to. Perhaps it was because she was afraid he would stop her. Maybe he would. He would rather die than live in a world without her. That was the main reason he did this. The main reason why he chose to use that seal instead of any of the plethora of other seals he had. Minato wanted to die. It was planned to be heroic and glorious and look selfless, but when it boiled down to it, he chose this amongst the other options specifically because he didn't wish to live in a world where Kushina did not exist. But she had stolen that opportunity from him. The Shinigami appeared behind her, its dagger in its mouth. She began to siphon power from Kurama, reverting it to Chakra and planting it into Naruto. Minato could only watch. Kurama would attempt to kill the child before she could complete the ritual, but she jumped in the way, taking this blow personally. She finished the ritual and sealed the tailed beast into Naruto. She then fell to the ground. Minato ran over and held her. For a moment, the Shinigami remained, her soul not yet devoured, a single moment of mercy from the Grim Reaper, a chance to say goodbye. He held her, his bleeding wife in his arms, as his Hauri, the same he had placed beneath her head, was coated red with blood. Was this a curse? Was he cursed? The curse of the fourth Hokage, Death's Hokage. She looked up at her husband, who was visibly falling apart. He looked down at her like a child whose favorite, most beloved toy had been rent to pieces. It was endearing, yet it saddened her as his tears fell down to her face, mingling with her own. She wanted to coddle him. He had always held himself together well in front of others, but only she saw it. When Obito died, she held him as he cried openly. He cried tears of joy and fear when he heard that he'd be a father. So happy, yet so terrified that he wasn't worthy, that he wouldn't be good enough. She had always seen the Minato that he would hide away from people, and now that same sad, scared little Minato was bubbling to the surface again. She raised her hand to wipe his tears. Why did you do that? He asked her. She smiled, because Naruto needs a papa. It would be selfish to rob him of both. I know what you were doing, Minato. For a moment, I asked why. Why you? Why did it have to be you? And then I realized it didn't have to be you. You wanted it to be you. But that's not the hand you've been dealt. You're a father now, and Naruto comes before all else, okay? He comes before you. He comes before me. The only thing I would never ask you to sacrifice for him is the village, and even then, I would hope that such a day never comes. Tears and blood dripped from her cheeks. Her breath began to escape her. Live, Minato. For Naruto's sake, live. She exhaled, and it seemed that along with that breath, her soul left. Looking back, he saw the Shinigami begin to swallow up a silhouette of Chakra shaped like Kushina. 
He reached out to stop it, but his hand phased through. It then rose up into the sky, fading away in the light of the full moon. The barrier she had formed began to collapse, and Minato was left only to his thoughts. He opened his eyes in the presence, his dark reverie having come to an end, and found himself lying in a hospital bed in the emergency room, doctors and nurses standing over him. His body was beaten, bloodied, and bruised from his battle, but he could still feel them prodding at him. He sat up with a start, pushing all those around him away. The doctors made room to let him breathe. He looked down at his exposed chest to see the dried blood from lacerations and the purple around his ribs, signs of fracture. He tried to stand, but gripped his side and almost fell to the ground. He was grabbed by one of the nurses, but he pushed them away. Naruto! Where's Naruto? He cried out. One of the doctors that dared approached him slowly put his hand on his shoulder. He's in the NICU. He's safe and healthy. He has a demon! He's not safe or healthy! He cried out. Suddenly, the room began to spin and darken as he heard staff clamoring to his side, his body light as a feather as he felt it strike the cold tile. In the darkness, he heard a voice. He heard the sound of a gentle song. He was before a lake on a picnic blanket, lying in Kushina's lap as she gently stroked the top of his head, uttering a sweet lullaby, helping her overworked husband find some rest. When he next awoke, he was lying flat in a hospital bed, an oxygen mask strapped to his face, his body covered in wires. He looked around with his one eye that wasn't swollen shut to see his heart monitor. It beeped along with his pulse, so he knew he must be alive. He looked around at the window to see light pouring in from outside. The sun was rising. He must have been out for around five hours. A nurse came in to check him and saw that he was awake and called for a doctor. The head doctor came in and looked at him. He pulled a small flashlight and gently opened the only eye that was capable of being opened and shined the light into it to check for dilation. He would then look to Minato, Lord Forth. It's a pleasure to have you back in the land of the living. Minato's voice was weak, its tone caught somewhere between a whisper and a grumble. Naruto. Naruto. The doctor smiled reassuringly. Your son is fine. We checked him thoroughly. It seems you protected him from any true, lasting harm. His body is healthy, his lungs certainly work, his chakra reserves are strong, and he's eating well. Minato was relieved. For a moment, he was silent. How long have I been out? Five hours? Six? The doctor looked at the nurse and then back to the Hokage. You've been out for three days. Minato looked around. Three days? The doctor nodded. Yes, your body needed time to heal and you were in a panicked state. We've had you sedated for three days. My apologies, but it was paramount that I ensure your safety and survival, sir. You are the Hokage. Minato gripped the mask on his face and pulled it, snapping the elastic holding it on. Hold, hold on, sir. Don't try to... Minato threw the mask and then began pulling off the electrodes. He sat up and felt a pain in his side. The dark purple on his ribs had faded to a pale gray with a hint of dark green. The doctor just nervously propped his head in his hand, tapping his cheek at two taps per second as he watched the most powerful men in the village disobey his orders to stay in bed and heal. He pulled the covers off and put his feet on the floor. Every breath had to be shallow. Anything more would be too excruciating. Take me to my son, he said. Enough power in his voice to be audible without cupped ears. The doctor didn't say anything, but the nurse did. She stuttered at first and then helped them. Of course, right this way. She led him down the hall with a little help. If they could not stop the Hokage from moving, then the least they could do was help him move. They walked until they came to where the babies were held after the incident. To his surprise, Makoto and Itachi were there. She had Sasuke in her arms. She walked to him. Lord Forth, are you okay? He nodded. Physically, I'll live. More importantly, are Itachi and Sasuke okay? She nodded. Sasuke doesn't even seem to know what happened, and Itachi, he's my little hero. If he hadn't been there, we would have been crushed. Minato forced a smile. Is that so? Huh, maybe I got competition. Keep that up, and maybe you'll make Hokage one day. 
He pat Itachi's shoulder as he passed by him. He looked into the room to see Naruto in a small bed equal to his size, sleeping. The nurse looked on, her gaze switching between Minato and Naruto at regular intervals. She would speak up. Would you like to see him up close, Lord Forth? Minato would nod. She would gently open the door as to not disturb the rest of the babies. She would walk him over. He's completely healthy, sir, she would tell him in a light and gentle voice. He's more healthy than you are. Minato would look at his son. He would put his finger forward and stroke Naruto's hand with it. Naruto's little hand would open and grip onto Minato's finger. Minato would gasp slowly as his eyes would sparkle a little in the presence of the most adorable thing he had ever witnessed. He wanted to hold him, to carry him, to spend every waking moment with him. Minato's thumb would begin stroking Naruto's hand that gripped Minato's index finger. He knew he wasn't strong enough to hold Naruto up. Hell, Minato was barely strong enough to hold himself up. So for now, this small token of affection was all he could offer Naruto. This is why you need to rest, sir. Not for your own sake, but for your son's. Get healthy so you can be with him. Minato would nod. After this, he began to take his rest a lot more seriously. He would return to his bed, much to the relief of the doctor. For doing this, they would allow Minato to sit up and would even open his blinds so he could look out over Konoha. As he gazed out of the village, he would note the devastation, which probably wasn't good for a man who was trying to heal, both physically and emotionally, but at the same time, he attempted to his best degree to see the glass half full. By recognizing how much of the village was saved, and how many lives now existed because of their sacrifices, his mind decided to use this time to be productive, thinking of new ways with which to mend the broken village. And as he did so, Hiruzen would appear, bearing a vase of yellow roses. Yellow roses for the yellow flash. He had hoped that this kind gesture would get his quick friend back up to speed. Minato smiled as Hiruzen entered the room. How are you doing, Minato? Minato would chuckle a little. I feel like I've been tossed into a trash compactor, but I'll be good. Hiruzen would laugh. I'm glad to hear it. Minato would then speak. Can you get me back up to speed with what's happening, Lord Third? Hiruzen would stroke his chin. I don't think such a thing is good for you, Minato. Minato would give a short laugh. An idle mind does me no good. If I want to be better quickly, I need something to focus on. Hiruzen would nod. You're prepared for some not-so-good news, then. Minato would nod. If it's news, I want to hear it. Hiruzen would nod and pull up a seat. The Ninetales attack has crippled much of our infrastructure. Many of our shinobi have been wounded or killed, and it's left Konoha vulnerable. So far, no nation has moved against us, but a few are showing interest in the Ninetales attack, chief of which is Kumo. They've been mentioning it a lot. Minato's brows raise. Wow, news travels fast. In this modern day and age, technology allows for one to speak to another across the planet and have a face-to-face -face meeting without anyone leaving the comfort of their office. Such a thing was merely a dream in my day and age. Jutsu could replicate such effects, but such abilities were difficult to learn and rarely used by anyone. The magic lantern body technique was one such jutsu, but it was hardly reliable and little more than a talking silhouette. Minato would listen to the old man prattle. He enjoyed it when Hiruzen would lose track of the conversation and just rant about the newfangled technology all the young ninja are using these days. Sad as it was, though, Minato needed to cut him off and ask for more information. Do we have any leads on who might be behind this attack? I know for certain that this was planned. It wasn't an accident. Hiruzen would speak. No villages or groups have claimed responsibility. There are rumors flying around, though. Some say it's the ghost of the Uchiha. Minato looked up at Hiruzen. I knew it felt similar to what Madara had used, but I didn't believe it. Madara should be dead. There's no way he's alive. Hiruzen would disagree. I don't know about that, Minato. I've seen many jutsu in my time, and some knock on very unethical doors. Included among these is the ability to bring the dead back to life. Minato was shocked to hear this. Bring the dead back to life. Hiruzen nodded. 
The Impure World Reincarnation Jutsu. When used with a living sacrifice, the dead can be revived in a body that never dies. You can wound it and rip it apart, but they will merely regenerate later. Minato was shocked. How do you know of this technique? Hiruzen himself was shocked. How do you not? You're Hokage. The Scroll of Seals is in your possession. There are jutsu in there that are not meant to be remembered, but also not meant to be forgotten either. The creation of the Edo Tensei is among them. Minato was completely befuddled. He hadn't studied the scroll. Ever. Maybe now he should. And you said that their bodies would regenerate? Hiruzen nodded. Minato continued. The man I fought that night. I struck him with a Rasengan and his arm seemed to melt off. Would an Edo Tensei do that? Hiruzen thought on this. Their bodies do display some form of decay, which only gets worse the more inexperienced the caster is with the jutsu. It is possible that their bodies could be so fragile that they would fall apart. Minato's mind was set ablaze by this. If it was true, this could be Madara Uchiha. But the true question was who the caster could be. Minato asked that much to Hiruzen. Hiruzen sat back in his chair. That's the issue. There's a flaw in the impure world reincarnation jutsu. If the Ido Tensei manages to learn the proper hand signs, they can break control from their caster. The one who summoned them then can no longer control them, nor can they unsummon them. Their summon is left to the world in an immortal body, never-ending chakra reserves, incapable of dying. Minato was getting a bad feeling in his stomach. If this truly was Madara, then it was Madara in an indestructible body that could not be defeated. Then he remembered. I marked him. I marked the man. Hiruzen was confused. What do you mean by that? Minato, a little too excited for his own good, continued. I marked the man I fought with the flying Raijin's mark. Hiruzen sat forward. Does that mean he can be tracked? Minato nodded. If you use the sealing formula, you can teleport to any of my markers at will. He took a piece of paper and planted the formula on it. Take that. Gather the strongest shinobi you can and try to find him. Hiruzen took it and left. Heal well, Minato. Minato nodded and smiled, feeling his strength returning with the excitement. Of course, eventually he would be released. Sadly, his sealing formula had somehow been nullified by whoever had attacked the village. Minato was not sure how, but it had happened. This cemented the fact that whoever it was they were dealing with was very dangerous. Minato would also be taking a lot of time to learn to be a proper father. Whenever he wasn't doing work as Hokage, he was nose-deep in parenting books. As a single father, he needed to know how to fulfill both roles of mother and father. To that end, he utilized his shadow clones to help him tend to work and Naruto at the same time. In doing so, he could further learn while working. He would also attend a meeting in which Danzo planned to move the Uchiha clan to the outskirts of the village. They, however, did not like that idea. It was clear to everyone around the table why this was proposed. It was to keep a better eye on them. And while Minato knew his adversary was an Uchiha, or at least possessed a Sharingan, he did not distrust his Uchiha brethren. After all, just because the masked man possessed a single confirmed Sharingan didn't mean that he was even Uchiha. After all, Kakashi possessed one. Many Uchiha perished in the Third Shinobi World War, and he'd be surprised if someone didn't start collecting them from the bodies. As Minato thought that, Danzo sneezes. Minato would listen to the concerns of the Uchiha as they speak, not wanting to go to the edge of the village, and so, in return, he decides to give them a new location, somewhere closer to the center. After all, in the center, they would feel more included, and it would be easier to keep an eye on them as they would be in the middle of the public eye. The Uchiha seem to take that a bit better, and Minato promises that as soon as the damage is repaired, if they want to return to their old compound, they were free to do so. His friendship with clan head Fugaku is able to slowly quell tensions between the Leaf and Uchiha, something Danzo seems somehow a little bitter about. 
When the war between Konoha and Kumo breaks out, the Leaf begins to display dominance due to quick recovery under Minato's leadership. Then, the Hyuga affair happens, due to Kumo's desire to acquire the Byakugan. They use a peaceful visit by their ambassadors as a ploy to kidnap Hinata Hyuga, one of the few Hyuga that do not bear the curse mark of the caged bird a mark designed to seal the Byakugan after death or during the process of removal. Hiyashi Hyuga is forced to kill this ambassador. Due to this, Kumo demands a bloody payment or it's war. Minato, however, refuses to allow this. Instead, he tells them firmly that Kumo snuck into Konoha to kidnap a member of one of the Leaf's most prestigious clans. He says that this is an act of war, and that the debt has been paid and no further bloodshed is required unless the fourth Raikage plans to push the envelope further. This message actually settles Kumo. War is averted, mostly because A, the fourth Raikage, along with his brother Killer B, faced Minato during the Third Shinobi World War, and both were nearly killed by him, which earned him respect from them, and fear. Knowing what he is capable of, they forget the matter. This would actually cause some differences as Hizashi Hyuga, father of Neji, does not need to die, and because of this, Neji's personality and childhood change quite a bit for the better and scene. I think this is a good place to call it quits for the time being. With Minato winning Naruto P99, it's almost assured that he will receive a personal spin-off manga all for himself, written by the GOAT himself, Masashi Kishimoto. I'm so excited about that, you can't even begin to imagine. I can see so many things being revealed. More about Minato's childhood, more missions he undertook during the Third Great Ninja War, and maybe we'll even get to see his parents. Discover if there is a Namikaze clan out there. Anyway, did you enjoy our video? Well, then be sure to check out these other great videos from the Amagi. And make sure to subscribe and ring the bell to get notified about our latest videos.